people don't quite understand the lure of Africa until they get here. And one of my very favorite scenes in The Lion King, and by the way, if you haven't seen The Lion King, you don't know what you're missing. So my favorite scene in The Lion King is where Rafiki whacks Simba while they're playing. And Simba says, ow, why did you do that? And Rafiki responds with, it doesn't matter. It's in the past. Simba responds, yeah, but it still hurts. Rafiki then says, ah, yes. The past can hurt, but the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. And that's my favorite scene in The Lion King. Our guest today, Ariana Danino, came to South Africa as an international journalist during the post-apartheid South Africa for a couple of years. And she captured a lot of the political and societal complexities and wove that into an amazing work of fiction about love, race, science, historical guilt, and it covers South Africa, Namibia, and the island of Zanzibar. So for more on this, stay with us. Don't go away. We will be right back with the Writer's Corner live show. If you have just joined us, then welcome to the Writer's Corner live show. I'm your host, Bridgette Limbanda from Cape Town in South Africa. And our live stream today is made possible by Creative Edge, StreamYard, BeLive Media, helping you make meaningful connections. A special warm welcome to you, the audience, because this is an audience-centric show. We are watching the comments. Say hello if you're brand new, if you've never watched us before. We've been going for three years now or just over three years. Let us know if you're new, and we'd love to give you a shout-out to welcome you to the show. But before we get going and invite our amazing guests for today, I would like to introduce you to my friend and co-host, Mary Elizabeth Jackson. She's a special needs and disabilities advocate and an award-winning author of the children's book series called Poolicious and also more recently, the, the Fearless Entrepreneurs and also Invisible No More, Invincible Forevermore, which is stories of 29 women who showed amazing resilience. And we need that right now. She's in Nashville in the USA, so let us know where you are from. And with that, Hi, how are you? I'm good in yourself. I'm very well. So excited to be here today. As always, we love doing this show and we love the authors we get to meet and hear their backstory and, you know, what inspired them and share their trip tips and trips in life too, right? We can share those and uh, every, you know, things that they've learned. Um, I love your intro and your scene, that's one of my favorite scenes too for that movie. So I really, I enjoyed that. I know, I know my, both my sons grew up with the Lion King and we have so many amazing family stories that revolve around um, the Lion King. And yes. 
so Ariana is just, you know, I cannot wait to talk to her. So for those of you who don't know Ariana, she's a writer, a literary translator, and an academic researcher. She has lived in Southern Africa for a number of years, thanks to her reporting career. She's written several books, both fiction and creative nonfiction. Uh, she's also done some work on the impact of digital technologies and global mobility, also another very, very interesting topic right up my alley. But what we want to talk about today is her novel, The Africana. Mm. It's an on-the-road tale set between South Africa and Namibia about love, historical guilt, and science. And in the story, the protagonist, Zoe Duplessis, strives for professional recognition for her work as a paleoanthropologist while reconciling a personal loss due to racial tensions in the new society. The book is available in both audio and um so you can either get the, the copy on Amazon or you can get the audiobook. And if you're watching us on Amazon Live, um, that is in the carousel. So let's not waste any more time. We want to give a very, very warm welcome to our special guest today, Ariana. Ariana, hello. So pleased to have you join us. Thank you for making the time. Totally appreciate it. Yes, we're so Thank glad you. you're here. Hello, hello to everyone and thanks for having me here with you. It's a pleasure. And of course, you know, for me, this is very, very special being able to have someone from overseas join me or join us on the show that understands the South African landscape where I am because mm -hmm. I'm in Cape Town in South Africa. And so my first question to you, Ariana, is apartheid is or segregation, um, racism, whatever you want to call it, there's a lot of terms for this, will always be a thorny subject. It's a subject mm. that's hard to write about. Um, and, you know, I was thinking, I, you know, I was, I was wondering whether you had any backlash writing, writing this novel, because um, South Africans are very, very jealous of their heritage and the landscape and the nuances um, of, of apartheid. So I wanted to ask you, what made you want to write a novel as opposed to what it was really like for you, you know, living here in South Africa for a couple of years and, and seeing the difference to what you were used to. And, of course, it's very different now to those very, very early years when we shifted from the apartheid uh, regime because those were the – it was very interesting times because that was the transition um, uh, in South Africa. Of course, yes. Um, let me start from the beginning. I, I lived in South Africa, as you were saying, between the year 1997 and 2000, 
working as an international reporter for the Italian press. I mainly, mainly wrote this novel to provide an account in a fictionalized way of what I experienced there in those years of the people I met, but also of the tensions that always characterize a society caught in dramatic transition, as you were saying. So the story is mainly set in newly post-apartheid South Africa after the end of the apartheid regime and at the beginning of a new era with the first democratically elected black government. However, I was also interested to understand what had happened in the past, how the past had affected the present and was still affecting the way people related to one another across the social, racial, and ethnic spectrum. You uh, were asking also if I have had any backlash. Actually, I haven't from the South African readers because they thought that I provided uh, um, a, a realistically enough uh, portrayal of what had happened there in those years. And I decided to do it through the story and the eyes of a young woman, Zoe Duplessis, a scientist of Afrikaner descent, who goes out in the Kalari desert to look for fossils, accompanied by some memorable characters, uh, and by also the diaries of her female ancestors. So in this regard, Zoe's story is also the story of a woman who faces her sense of guilt for growing up as a privileged white person during apartheid, and also of her struggle to find her place and identity in the new South Africa. So there is a lot going on in this novel, yes. Mm. I'm so glad you didn't get backlash, but that it was... Um... It was welcomed as a good representation and it's information that's really important because, you know, I'm in America and, you know, unless you've studied it, there are things that we in America and our culture, we don't know about what, you know, people, per, the personal stories of what people went through. So it's really, you know, whenever there's that information, it's, I think it's, it's nice to be able to uh, be made aware of that and have your awareness of that whole situation because, um, you know, we've had a lot of stuff in, in America that has been very ugly, and it certainly is very sad, isn't it? Um, but you've also had a very, well, your career has been so colorful, and you've seen so many things, and um, what a privilege to be able to write about them. Um, okay, so I'm going to read off of the questions we have, because I want to make sure I get all of this information, because you've been so many places. Um, so we know you were born in Italy. And you studied in London, Moscow, and Boston. And wow, what three different terrains to be studying in, right? <laughs> and, um, and then you spent several years in Africa, Australia, China, and the Middle East. And you now live in Canada. And we didn't get to ask you where you live in Canada, but we will. And looking back at your post-apartheid experience in South Africa, what stood out for you is different? Yes. Um, I'll first... Uh, answer straight away the question. Um, what really struck me there and what stood out for me was the intensity of life, the warmth of the people. I wouldn't like to romanticize my dear South Africa here, but I certainly felt that there among 
its 11 tribes. The concept of Ubuntu is not just a concept, but a lived practice. Uh, Ubuntu means uh, I am because we are. A person is a person because of other people. In South Africa, I really deeply felt the warmth of this human generosity. Uh, despite it all, despite the decades of conflict, despite the atrocities and the violence that scarred many people there. Uh, and then, then there is the landscape, uh, the nature, the majestic, totally captivating landscape of South Africa. Um, also, that is something that is uh, unforgettable. Uh, the vastness, the richness, the variety. I have been to many, many places, but there is nothing like that for me anywhere else in the world. Wow. And even after all these years of, you know, of living in South Africa, uh, I've grown up, I've lived here all my life. Even I am still awestruck at the landscapes that we have here. You know, traveling from one place to another, how different it is. Um, you know, you can go from literally 10 minutes in a car, you can go from absolute opulence to abject poverty in a 10 minute drive. It's insane. I don't think you can find that anywhere else in the world. And then you've got the beauty of the mountain, the seas, just everything and every single area is different. You know, my, my parents in late parents in law lived in Namibia. I love Namibia. I have fond memories of Namibia. And every single time I, I made the journey between South Africa, Cape Town and Namibia, every time I was awestruck at how the landscape kept changing as we traveled from South Africa into Namibia. It's, you cannot explain that to, to people unless they've, you know, the Kalahari Desert, the Kruger National Park, you know, and I still have fond memories of, of my days more than 30 years ago working at the Chamber of Commerce and people from the States and Dubai writing us and talking, you know, asking about us about the animals that's roaming around outside our door. You know, I mean, like, mm -hmm. if only, <laughs> <laughs> if only I would love to have a lion outside my door, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but um you know, you can experience those things in, in, in our wild parks, you know, just mm -hmm. experiencing the big five. And there's so many things to love about Cape Town, South Africa. And anybody watching, if you've never had the opportunity, put it on your bucket list. It really Absolutely. just is an amazing destination. So I want to ask you, tell us a little bit about the characters in, in, in your book. Um, and I'm curious to know, are they all fictional characters um, or some of them sort of based on real life people that you met in and around while you were here? Uh, let's say that all the characters are mm, fictional, but many of them are inspired by or based upon real characters. For example, there is Koma, the Sam Bushman shaman, and I actually met uh, a shaman while I was in the Kalahari Desert in Namibia for during um, a trip there with a group of anthropologists. So it was a 
a wonderful experience. And so this character is really based upon a, a real character. But also there is uh, Cyril Kunene, another character in my novel, which is a Cosa, uh, whose character is inspired by the first black entrepreneur and winemaker who was able to make inroads into the historic, let's say, strongholds of Africana power, which is the Cape Wine region, the Cape Winelands. And then there is also another character, Kurt, the, a troubled writer in, in my novel, which is based uh, um, upon the life and also the character traits of Brayton Breitenbach. Perhaps you have heard about him. Um, he's a famous famous South African writer, also anti-apartheid yeah. activist. So that's quite that's quite interesting. Um, you know, I, I've I've and noticed if I can a lot add of just one yeah, one just sure. one more thing. You were talking about the landscape of South African landscape, and uh, I think also the landscape in, in my novel is a Carter in itself because of the intensity and the, of the presence uh, in in this novel in this story. Yes. Mm, yeah. And, and it's beautiful that when you can bring that to life for people like I've never been there. And I just listening to two, the both of you talk about it makes me just want to hop on a plane and come see it for myself right now today. <laughs> and I, I love different scenery and everything. And it's just, uh, you know, when you go visit places that you've never been, or maybe you have been and they're your favorites, you know, then it's, it, it just, I don't know, we all have our, our favorite places. Um, and we do want to ask you, you know, you have your audiobook and you have your, your book and um, you have a script. So there is the talks of this being turned into a movie, correct? It's not, it's not being turned into a movie yet, but I'm really working hard on, you know, uh, uh, yeah. finding the, the right producers, uh, both in Europe and North America, and I have already uh, some good contacts there. Uh, and I'm sure that in the right hands, this could really become a wonderful movie, uh, very uh, mm. scenic, especially if we had an actress like the South African Charlize Theron in the role of Zoe, oh. the main character. She is a feisty one. I love watching her. Yes, absolutely. What is next? Are you, what are you doing? Like, I mean, that whole process for a, a book being turned into a film is a very long process. It, it's years of your life being involved and dedicated to that. But what else do you have, you know, in your realm of what you want to do? or what you yes. are doing right now presently. And, and I, I love, I don't know if Brigetti is going to ask you this or not, but I, I know we'd love to know maybe one of your favorite moments in all of your travels. I, I'd love to know that as well. Yes. Uh, okay. First of all, let me tell you that uh, usually I'm based in Vancouver. So you were asking where I live in Canada. I live in Vancouver, which is called also the Hollywood of the North mm -hmm. uh, because of the, all the multiple productions that uh, are there and also production companies and and uh, um, talking about what I'm doing now what I'm currently doing I have just published a new book uh, the Istanbul Quintet in uh, in English but uh, the book now is in Italian and I'm here uh, currently in Italy uh, on a book tour to promote uh, the book 
I've been awarded a grant uh, by the Canada Council for the Arts to write a new novel, uh, which will be set in my hometown in Italy, the harbor city of Genoa. So I'm working now also on uh, you know, doing research in Genoa for this uh, new novel. And also in the meantime, I'll try my best to promote the audiobook of the Afrikaner, which is superbly narrated by a South African voice actor, actually, mm -hmm. uh, Dennis Kleiman, who he was able really to replicate all the accents of, uh, of the different characters. It's really something uh, amazing what he was able to achieve with this audiobook. He did a great job because I, I listened to the, the sample of the audio and I was curious to do that uh, simply to see, because I know there are a lot of American actors who um, who do a pretty good job, but it's, they're not quite there because it's, very, it's a very, very unique accent. Um, and I could tell from his pronunciation that he, he knew the South African languages. He was legit, right, as you would say. <laughs> he was legit. Yes. <laughs> Yes, because he's South African, but now lives in Los Angeles. So he's based in Los Angeles. And so he was able really to, to integrate the British accent of the, you know, the main narrator, but also all the other accents, uh, and especially the South African accent, which is different, absolutely, from the American accent. And we really needed, I really needed that for, for this book. Yeah, it absolutely. makes it sound a lot more. Uh, it makes it very authentic. That's what I was exactly. Gonna, yes, very authentic, and that way it just gives it that much more power. Absolutely. absolutely. So, I was, I was going to ask you also. Um, so, how did you come up with the title for the book, the Africana? You know, because the 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 the, the term Africana evokes all kinds of emotions around um, apartheid. So how did you come up with the title? Why did you choose that as the title for the book? Initially, the title was Fossils. Since, as I've said, uh, the main character is a paleontologist who goes looking for fossils of hominids in, in the desert. But then I thought I should make the title more explicit, more connected to South Africa and to its troubled past, history and to its troubled past. So in hindsight, I think I should have called it Zoe the Afrikaner uh, to stress also the female element in the story and also the, the fact that the, the Zoe is a female character there. In any case, I now understand it's a problematic title, which might put off uh, many readers who might think that this is, uh, you know, a kind of a celebration of uh, the apartheid era or, or certain, um, you know, political um, ideologies which is not the case. It's a, a post-apartheid novel which tries really to, um, to understand what happened and to also to, you know, to give account of what happened, but also is a, 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 a story full of positive things uh, to say, to tell about uh, South African society, open to the future and to, uh, to a positive future. 
Oh, absolutely. And I think you've done a very great job of just balancing things. And that is why I think, you know, interviews like these uh, gives the audience an opportunity to to want to read the book when they understand uh, what it's about, as opposed to just looking at the uh, the title or the cover and not taking the time to, to read it. Um, so I'm very, very grateful that we could actually talk to you um, about the book. Have you kept, are you, do you keep in touch with South Africa? You know, do you have people that you keep in, that you stay connected with here? I have some people, uh, yes, yeah, some friends who are still there and who keep me updated. I also wanted to add something more about the color of the book, which I have here. Mm. Uh, the, Hold on the, a second. I'm going to put you onto full screen because that's such a beautiful cover. Yeah, it's really pretty. I love the colors. It's very unique. Yes. Uh, exactly. Mm. I wanted to tell you a little bit more about the cover. It's a painting by my father, who uh, he, he did this when he was 80 years old. It's wow. called The Last Horizon. Um, mm. and uh, But it has so many colors that remind me of the sunset in South Africa, on, for example, in the Karoo or in the Kalahari Desert. My father yes. never went to South Africa, so... Uh, but in any case, he was still able to, you know, to replicate those those colors, and for nice. me also the the emotions that come with the those colors. Oh, and that's then you so you pay beautiful. tribute to your dad, so that's really special. He's with you, isn't he? Every time somebody buys the book, there's a little bit of your dad, which is really very special. And you know, do you have any? particular moments in your career that really stand out for you as profound or I don't know affected you changed your life or made a real a big impression you know just a big memory for you in your life or something that was you know a wonderful amazing I know you've seen so many things in your life so it's probably hard to choose but if we wanted also to change continent for a second, I would like to tell you about this particular magical moment when I was um, in the Pamir on the Pamir Plateau, so at the border between China and Pakistan. Uh, I was in front of the Karakuli Lake, um, and I was very feverish. Uh, my temperature was 40 or more degrees centigrade. centigrade. So I was in this kind of uh, mental state, uh, uh, kind of surreal for me, both in terms of my mental state and also of the place I was in. Because in front of me, I had mountains which were 7,000, 8,000 meters high. And I was on this terrace alone by myself, and uh, sitting there, not being able to do much uh, because of my state, of my condition. And a painter came on the terrace and started painting there. There was silence, just silence. And me and him in front of this majestic landscape, we never exchanged a word except at the end uh, when we... Um, uh, found out that uh, he was Japanese and I was Italian. And we didn't have really a language in common apart from a few English, uh, a few English words. 
spoken between us. But what I experienced there was uh, the humanity of the situation, of the fact that even with a silence, uh, we were able to still be in touch with each other's uh, humanity. And I think that was a great moment for me to, mm. and something that I've also experienced in Africa, for example, with the, the Sam Bushman shaman and many other times. So sometimes silence can be a big communicator among people. Mm, Absolutely. Ariana, do you have a favorite paragraph in the, in the book that you could read for us? Um, uh, yes, I have um, one. Yes, if and I, I, if I know I, did, I know I, did, I know I didn't ask you this in advance, <laughs> but I just suddenly thought it'd be so nice if you could just read us a paragraph. Okay, then I will read about Zoe and her. Uh, if I have a few minutes to read this sure. little paragraph, um, if I asked her what she misses most about Europe now, what would she reply? Art without hesitation its intentionality, the processing of the soul, imagination in motion. But it might not be entirely accurate. Perhaps even more than that, she misses people intent on questioning life incessantly, scorching and scouring their minds. That's it. Two opposite and fascinating words have been playing their existential games on her, attracted to both, she has sought the key to reconcile them without losing anything along the way. So uh, here I'm talking about Africa and Europe and the fact that she is, um, co so she's conflicted between her allegiance to a European life, but also to a, a more African um, style kind of life. Her life is no different from that of many other white-born children of this continent. She invaded Africa, grew in her womb, was raised by her and learned to love her as if she were her real mother, no matter how dysfunctional the womb might turn to be. That is so beautiful. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much for that. That was really beautiful. And I love you reading in your accent. It's just lovely. Yes. So <laughs> perhaps excuse my ac Italian accent. <laughs> no, don't excuse me. Oh, no. It's beautiful. It's perfect. It's perfect. We love um, having you on and we would love to have you back on. You have to keep us, um, you know, apprised of like, if it's going to turn into when it turns into a movie, not if, but when, and, uh, you know, anything else that you're, you know, your journey, we're just, uh, we're, we're big fans and, and we're so grateful to have you on today. Thank you for sharing all this with us and our audience. Thank you for having me here, Bridget and Mary Elizabeth. It has been such a pleasure, really. And we're on three different continents. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> Coming to you live. I know. <laughs> I know. Coming to you live from three different continents. Isn't that wonderful? It's fantastic. Yes. We love it. Say hi to South Africa for, for me, Bridget. I, <laughs> I will do that. Ariana, don't go away. Stay stay with us until until we, we're just going to say goodbye to everyone. And we'd love to just have a quick chat after. 
Thank you, everyone. You are watching the Writer's Corner live show from three different continents. Thank you for joining <laughs> us today. We loved having you as our guest. We'll be back again, same time, same place next week with a new author. Former from us, take care and stay safe as always. Mm -hmm.